Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Have you ever wondered deep down about your life, why you're here, where you're going? Have you ever wondered if answers to such questions even exist? Perhaps you've thought of these things and turned to religion to fill the void. Tell me now, did that help? Has following a system of religious ideas and practices brought you the peace and purpose you're looking for? We believe the answer is no. Why? because you would be looking in the wrong direction. Religion can never satisfy the longings of your heart. Religion could never give you assurance of sins forgiven, of having a relationship with God, of a home in heaven. No matter how much you do, how could you be sure that you've done enough? We hope you'll listen today to what the Bible gives as the answer to your soul's longings. It's both profound and simple at the same time. The Bible says about God, Look unto me, and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. There is nothing we can do to cleanse ourselves from sin and be right with a holy God. Nothing. So what does God say? Look to me. Yes, God is the only one who can bring salvation to the soul. He has done all that is necessary to bring you back to him to give you forgiveness and a new life. He just wants you to look to Him. Speaker David Peterson explains how. Isaiah 45 and 22 Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness, and shall not return that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear, every tongue shall confess. Now I just want to read one New Testament text in the epistle to the Philippians 2 and 9. And if we were to back up to verse 5, we would know who this is speaking about, speaking about Christ Jesus. Philippians 2 and verse 9 says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, Christ Jesus, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And now here's that text from Isaiah. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I just wanted to read that Philippians text to point out that when we're reading in Isaiah 45, it's the Lord that says, it's the Lord that says, look unto me and be saved. Paul grabs that same text in Philippians 2 and applies it to Jesus Christ. And he says, Jesus Christ is Lord. And that's one of the main points that he's trying to bring out. And the reason why I emphasize that in the meeting tonight is this. It is the Lord that says, look to me and be saved. It is Christ Jesus 
who is Lord that says, look to me and you'll be saved. I want to preach tonight on looking to Christ, looking to Christ, because a look to Christ will save. These verses, in particular verse 22 of Isaiah 45, is a verse that was used especially in the life of a young man about 150 years ago by the name of Charles. Charles wanted to be saved. He wanted to know how his sins could be forgiven. He wanted to have peace with God, but nothing that he heard seemed to give him that peace. And nothing that he tried seemed to bring that peace about. He wanted to be saved. And Charles said that he had heard many people preach. He would try this building over here and this church building over there, and he would listen to this man preach and that man preach, but he never heard what he hoped would give him the peace that he longed for. And there was one particular place he was going to attend this Sunday morning, and he's told his parents that he was going to make the walk to go hear this man preach. Well, it was about eight miles, and it was snowing. And Charles headed out to that church building, and the snow made it impossible for him to get there. And it got deeper and deeper, and he realized there's no way I'm going to be able to make it to this service. And so he said, I went down a street called Artillery Street, He knew there was a place down this street that he could attend because there's no way he was going to make it to the other place. He went into a place by the name of the Primitive Methodist Chapel and he went into that building and he said, there was maybe a dozen, 20 people there and we all sat and we waited for the meeting to start. But it didn't start. The preacher wasn't there. He must have been snowed in as well. So they all just kind of sat there and wondered how this meeting is going to go. What are we going to do? He said, then a a tall, thin, plain man stood up. And words meant maybe something different 150 years ago than they do now. And he said he he was a rather stupid man. And he said, and he got up and he began to give his text, Isaiah 45 and 22. And he preached, he just kept saying the text. Look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. He really didn't have anything else to say. So he just, somebody has to preach, right? And he got up and he, be, and he kept repeating the text. He said, and then he did something that I never had anybody do when I was in a meeting before. He pointed me out in the meeting. He pointed him out. He said, young man, you look miserable. He said, it was a good blow, well struck. Young man, you look miserable and you will always be miserable miserable in this life and miserable for eternity but if you will obey the words of my text you'll be saved look unto me he said then he did something else i never heard anybody do from the platform he said he began to shriek don't worry i'm not going to try that he said he began to yell and to shriek he said look 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 to christ charles said i looked and he said and i saw christ died on the cross for me there are three men that claim to be that preacher We don't really know who it was. But if you go to that building, you'll see a little plaque. Here sat Charles Haddon Spurgeon, a man that God has used from that wonderful city of London, from the Metropolitan Tabernacle, to bring thousands to know about this Savior, this Lord Jesus Christ. Charles left that building, and now he saw the snow, and the snow made him think of verses that he had memorized as a child. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And Charles Haddon Spurgeon was saved through the words of this wonderful text on a cold, snowy night 150 years ago. And you could be saved through the same text. You know why? Because this message is still relevant 150 years later. This message is more relevant than the news that you heard this morning. 
because a lot of what you heard this morning won't be relevant tomorrow. And this will be relevant for today. It will be relevant forever. We are preaching tonight how you can be saved from your sins, saved from hell, saved for heaven, saved to live for God in this present world and make a difference in this world. Are you saved? You say, what do I need to be saved from? This verse in Isaiah 45 says a lot about what it means to be saved. It's probably the most simple outline you could come up with, and it's probably been used by many other people just because you come to the same thoughts in your head. I want you to think, first of all, about the source of this salvation that we're preaching about. The source of the salvation is, listen, listen to the text. Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. There's no other source for this. It is God. It is the Lord Jesus that is saying, look unto me and you will be saved. That's a very important thing to emphasize in gospel preaching because we think that somehow we're going to make it to heaven on our own and we will look to anyone and we will look to anything except for Christ. That's why there's a text in the Bible that says, look unto me and be saved. Plenty of people looking this direction, horizontally, right? We look to people. Listen, the preacher can't save you. And the pastor can't save you. And the priest can't save you. You must look not this direction. You must not look in the horizontal direction. It's the vertical direction. You must look to Christ. You must look to Him to be saved. We look to other people. We look to other places, whether it's church buildings or charitable foundations that we give our money to. We look to ceremonies. We look to people. We look to places. We look to, well, I've been baptized. I've been I've been confirmed. But listen, that's not the source of salvation. The Word of God says this, look unto me and be saved. You need to look to Christ to be saved. Now, I will say this, the way that people use the term look maybe a generation or two ago is a little different than we might use today. It used to be that people would say, if you need $50, you can look to me. You know what that means, right? Someone says, if you need a place to stay, look to me. What does that mean? It means you can depend on me for it. You can depend on me for it. And that's, in a sense, what this means. God is saying, Christ is saying, look to me. You can depend on me. I am dependable. He's the only one that is. I am God, and there is none else. Neither is there salvation in any other, the Bible says. There is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There is no other way for a soul to be saved apart from the work of the Lord Jesus. Christ alone can say he's the source of salvation. We might look to other people and we might look to other places and we might look to ceremonies, but really the biggest problem that we have, the biggest problem that we have is that we like to look to ourselves. We depend on ourselves. We're somehow going to get our passage made clear to heaven. We're going to do the right things. We're going to believe the right things. Things are just going to align perfectly and we're now going to be saved and on our way to heaven. No. There was a man in London back in, I think it was the early 90s. 60, 63, I think he was. He was a London accountant, and he had to have bladder surgery. But he didn't like going to the doctor, and he didn't want to go to the hospital, and so he did a little bit of research on how you can perform bladder surgery. Remember, he's an accountant. He might have counted out the right number of pieces of equipment that he needed, and he got them. And he got the scalpel, and he got the mirrors, and he got all the things that he needed. And this, he's got the sutures there. He's going to do the whole thing. 
and he performed the surgery on himself because he just didn't want to trust someone else. And yet, what a price he ended up paying. Two weeks later, his body's in the ground because he couldn't depend on someone else. Listen, what we're preaching about tonight is even more serious than that. We're talking about where you're going to be forever. And if you look to yourself, and if you depend on yourself to get to heaven, you will not make it. You will miss heaven. And you will be in hell. Don't miss it. You must depend not on you. You must depend on someone else. And that someone else is Christ. He says, look to me and you will be saved. All the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is none else. Listen, the reason why we need to be saved is because of our sins. Our sins separate us from God. God is a holy God. He is a righteous God. He cannot allow sin into His heaven. And yet all of us have sinned. I don't even know that you need the Bible to tell you that, but the Bible does say that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. That there's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. There is no one that has not sinned. And yet how are we going to make it into God's perfect heaven? You can't depend on yourself. You're going to have to have a way whereby your sins can be removed. That's why you're going to have to look away from yourself. And you're going to have to look to Christ, the source of salvation. I just want to say something about the simplicity of this salvation. What does he say is required of you in order to be saved? What do you have to do? You know what you have to do? You have to look to him. You have to depend on him. That's a very simple thing to do. I'm glad it is that simple because I certainly wouldn't be standing here if it were not. Just a simple look to Christ. I was eight, eight years old. Listen, you can look to Christ and be saved because God has made it very simple. I read this text, I can't help but think of another Old Testament story from Numbers, the book of Numbers chapter 21. Do you remember in Numbers 21, the people of Israel, they were in the wilderness, they're traveling, and they sinned against the Lord. They were murmuring against the Lord. They were upset about their circumstances. They didn't like the diet that they were being given. They didn't like the food. They didn't like the lack of food. As a lesson, he sent among them poisonous snakes, poisonous snakes, and they're slithering through the camp. And people are being bitten by these snakes. And in a very short period of time, as the venom is coursing through their veins, they begin to perish. One dies, another dies. People are crying out and saying, Lord, we've sinned. And they come to Moses, their leader, and they say, Moses, we have sinned against the Lord. What what are we going to do? Please pray for us. Moses brings the need to the Lord. The Lord says, what I want you to do is I want you to take a serpent, a serpent of brass, fashion a serpent out of brass, put it on a pole, and lift that pole up. And anyone that looks at that serpent of brass on the pole will be saved. How hard do you think it was for people to look at that pole? That's a pretty simple way to be saved, isn't it? Were there healing properties in the pole? I don't think so. But if God says you look at this pole and you'll be saved, then if you look at the pole, you'll be saved, right? That's why. And I imagine, I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Moses himself that was carrying that pole raised high. He's going up and down those rows of tents. God didn't say to those people, if you are bitten, I don't care how you do it, you will have to crawl on your hands and knees and make it over to that stationary pole. And you are going to have to go there. And you're going to have to fall down on your knees. And you're going to have to grab a hold of that pole and say the following thing. No. There are people that couldn't even move. They're about to expire. They've got a few moments left to live. I imagine Moses or whoever is bringing that pole up and down the rows of those tents if anyone will look at this pole 
You will be saved. Just look to the pole. Look to the serpent of brass and you will be saved. And people just in their desperation, all they had to do is look toward that instantly. They were saved instantly. They could feel life coursing through their veins again. How simple God made it for those people. I want to tell you, the Lord Jesus was speaking to a man who was very aware of that story. He was speaking to him in the Gospel of John chapter 3, and his name was Nicodemus. And he said this to Nicodemus, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man, that's how Jesus referred to himself, the Lord Jesus, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Why? That whoever believes in him won't perish, but will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. The simplicity of it. Look to Christ and you'll be saved. Depend on him. I'm glad that it doesn't say, look to me and if you see the right thing, you'll be saved. I think people are trying to see something. I have to confess, sometimes we might mislead them into thinking that they have to. Now, what did you see exactly whenever you were saved, right? It just says this. Jesus says, and the Lord says, look unto me and be saved. Look to me and you will be saved. It's simple. We used to have something in our house and we'd bring it out when guests came over. We'd put it above the fireplace. It was one of these 3D pictures. You had to look at it a certain way and suddenly you would get into the picture and the 3D image would kind of stand out. If you didn't know what it was, you would really be wondering why anyone would be looking at the picture. But we had a picture, I think it was an airplane. <laughs> we'd have people over for dinner and we'd bring that thing out. We'd have a pretty good time watching it. We said, did you, did you see the picture of the airplane? They'd say, the airplane? Yeah, there's an airplane inside of that picture and you have to look the right way. And so they'd try, right? We'd tell them that you've got to zoom right up, get your nose against it, and maybe kind of back off a little bit and, and make your eyes go a little fuzzy and, and we're trying to explain how they can see this. People would sit on that couch and, and, and suddenly you'd hear it. You'd hear one of them say, I'm in. I got it. I see it. Wait a minute. I don't see it. They'd be back out. You know. Other people, they'd sit on the couch and we'd have dinner and then they'd come back and sit on the couch all night. They'd never see it. Sometimes they'd, they'd leave and say, I just, I just don't see anything. I just don't see anything. You know, I hear people say that about the gospel. People say, I, I, we're told, look to Christ. I don't, I, don't, I don't see it. I'm glad you don't have to see it. But you have to depend on him. You have to depend on the Lord Jesus. You have to look to him. And if you look to him, you will be saved. The simplicity of it. I wanted to say something about the scope of this salvation. Who is this good for? Who is this good for? Look unto me and be saved. Benjamin and Judah. You know, the, the southern kingdom. No. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the tribes of Israel. Well, that's pretty good. Not good enough. By the way, this is an Old Testament text that says this. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. This is good news for the whole world. It's good news for this whole room. Better than that, it's good news for you. It's good news for you. Look unto me and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. The scope of it. I'll just end by saying something about the site, the spot, the place where this salvation was purchased, made possible, made available. 
on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. I love that old cross, where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. It was the place which is called Calvary, where they crucified him. You won't find a reference to it in Isaiah 45. If you flip a few pages, you'll find it in 53. But you'll certainly see it in Philippians 2. It speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ, who was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What was happening on the cross? Why was he on the cross? Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. This is how sinners would be saved. He's dealing with sin. You know, the thing that we have, the problem that we have that separates us from God, it's why he came into the world, to deal with sin. Christ also, Peter said, Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just one in the place of the unjust, that he might bring us to God. How? By being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Christ was on the cross paying the price for sin. Christ was on the cross dealing with our sin. Christ was on the cross suffering for our sin. Christ was on the cross to die for our sins. And He not only died for our sins, He rose again for our justification. He rose again to make us right with God. That's why we point you to Christ. That's why we point you to the Lord Jesus. He said, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. Yes, Christ has provided the means by which we can be right with God. He has paid for sin on the cross so that guilty sinners could be saved, could know why they are here and where they are going, could have true purpose and meaning in life, could know the God of heaven personally. So what does God say? Look to me. Yes, the work has been done by Christ on Calvary, and salvation is a free gift offered to all who will accept him. Will you? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you would like some literature that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. Our Anchor Point messages are also available for listening and download at anchorpointradio.com. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul. <laughs>